0: yo what's going on y'all it's your boy so so in case you ain't know so and welcome back to another dope episode of sports with so so coming to you live y'all this week we recap the 86 masters tournament live from augusta national the miami heat going to the playoffs as the number one seed we got the panthers riding a seven game winning streak and we recap an action-packed ufc 273 it's time to take a ride y'all let's go That's impressive, my friend. Thanks, man. I mean, it doesn't happen that often, hey. so it's like hitting a grand slam. Hey, dog. yo. Hey, I was yo. honored to be present for it. You hey, know what I'm saying? Hey, I mean, you're here for all of it, man. The good, the bad, <laughs> and the ugly, you know? so That is very true. It's nice to see you well, again, What's popping, so? What's good,
1: man? Oh, man. Dude, last week was an episode, dude.
0: Yeah, we went through a lot, man. We went through a lot, and we actually we're able to recap a good, good amount of actually what happened in Miami sports and stuff like that and what's been happening with us. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you recap two weeks, you're going to get a long episode, man. So everybody who tuned in to that one is, was a real soldier yeah, made it all the way appreciate through, appreciate you sure.
1: guys all listening, but we yeah, back man. to our regular scheduled programming.
0: Yes, sir, man. Back to uh, regular scheduled program, like you said, and uh, back to doing the things that we love, right? Doing the podcast, uh not necessarily going to work, but finding ways to get around that by playing <laughs> golf, right? And watching, obviously, sports activities from our favorite teams and our local teams. And then this weekend, we even got to see a fight in the UFC. A, a lot happened this weekend. You know, it's going to be easier <laughs> to recap. And um one of us, the
1: modern, I want to say this, the modern day sports fan,
0: uh-huh. i.e. us, right, has so much to
1: look forward to every single weekend. For sure. I mean, dog. Like, we don't like. We don't have like. For me, it's like you know. It used to, it used to be like football season, right? It's like, well, all right, football's over. You know, until football till August till we get it back. You know what I mean? But now, as you know, an adult. You know what I mean? I consider myself an adult from really? day, from day to day, from time You're to time. Every now I and like again, that. you know, I pay bills and shit. Right. Uh, um, I drive a car. I wipe my own ass. I'm an adult. Um. So, anyways, you know, it's now. It's like I'm into golf. I like UFC. You know, I dig boxing. Right. I like soccer now, you know, thanks to you. You know what I mean? So, like, it's all every weekend. Every weekend now there's literally something you can look forward to. There's never a weekend where you're like, well, there's no sporting event. You know, for, for the sports fan that's looking forward to some action, some, some you know, competitive uh, high-stakes action, you know what I mean? Like, that. that's what you want to see. You want to see professionals at their highest level go at it week in and week out in their respective sport. You know what, right. what I mean? And we get that. Every single weekend though, so this was
0: no exception this past weekend, absolutely, and you know it was really cool because' it's like you said, we're now both into a lot of different things that we weren't into necessarily in our early twenties or mid twenties, and that's part of that growing up right You learn to appreciate athletes of different nature, uh different sports, the difficulties that lie within that sport, and for us it's golf right like we've both taken the challenge to try to be a golfer. <laughs> For yeah. play the game of golf, right? And it doesn't always work that way, you know? But sometimes, Joel, sometimes we can make predictions when it comes to golf, right? And one of us made a really awesome prediction oh. about this 86 Masters tournament that went down.
1: You mean like this prediction right here? Yeah. I, I am going to go that route. I am going to go the world number one route. I really think Scotty Scheffler going Scottie. into the Masters has Scottie a lot. Know. He's He's got a lot going on for him right yes. now. Wow. Wow. Your boy called it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the impression of Scotty doesn't know was freaking <laughs> spot on, dog. No, of course it was. No,
1: yeah, I, I mean, no? I really did feel that way going into <laughs> it, um, and I, I felt like you know, in the end, he won. He's the world number one. He was one of the favorites to win the tournament. So it's like, all right, Joel, you just picked you know one of the guys that w- that was um, projected to win the tournament, but. Again, the Masters Tournament. There, this is a tournament where anybody, you know, if you're in the field, that means that uh, you're able to compete at that level and yep. you have a chance of winning. And we saw Scotty Scheffler play a hell of a tournament, dude. I mean, there were storylines all over this tournament, man, from Tiger's comeback, you know, his return to golf. Amazing. Uh, to, you know, Scotty Scheffler doing what he did, Cameron Smith making a charge on Saturday and, and bringing himself within a couple strokes of of, of, of Scotty Scheffler within a couple holes on Sunday. Uh, it was a great tournament, in my opinion. Some people, you know, might have not enjoyed it this much this year. I don't know why. It, we just had tons of storylines, and the greatest one of them all was 25-year-old Scotty Shuffler with three PGA victories already this year, now tags on a fourth. And it's probably, I mean, it's its going to be the biggest one of his career for, for a while. It's, it's, it's first ter- major championship his first green the jacket. Masters. So, I mean, how, I, how do you come down from that, you know?
0: How do you top that, right? And this was something that I was thinking about when we were doing our pregame for the podcast. And I was thinking to myself, like, yo, this dude is is so cool about how he approaches the game right and how he plays. And it really rubs off on his, you can tell that that's his normal demeanor outside the course. And that's what allows him to be such a great golfer because he really was able to stay composed and do things in the third round. And in the second round that a lot of the golfers that were playing good that day, weren't even able to do. He was able to beat the course and beat three under for the day, four under for the day, and build that lead. There was that first day where he finished six under for the day, and everybody was like, "Whoa, how the hell is are he and Cameron Smith really dominating this course?" Who was which was playing tough the entire weekend? It's Augusta National. It dude. was it's windy. Play it rained play like the the The, yeah, the, the greens, delay, the the greens were were wet, and then they got really dry, and then they got really fast, and they weren't sticking as much. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so yeah. much was changing th- on the course, and we saw Cameron Smith for the most part, you know, and we definitely saw Scotty do the dominating uh, aspect of the golf game, which is really hard to do on a course like Augusta when it was playing like that, man.
1: No, so. absolutely, dude. And to add to your point, you know, he, he, he came out and admitted that Sunday morning, you know, he, he had cried to his wife because of the pressure. He was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this moment. Like he understood the moment that he was in. You know what I mean? To be 25 years old, self-aware enough like that, that, like, holy shit, this is, this is the biggest moment of my life right now, and, and how am I supposed to handle this? I've never been here yet. And he starts off kind of shaky. You know what I mean? He has to get up and down for par on the first couple holes, and he does, you know, because he is the number one player in the world, so he's able to do that. It makes the, dude, it look so easy, too, On bro. hole number three, hole number three, he's short of the green, right? He has to get up and down for par, but it's a tough up and down that he has, And not only does he he get up and down, but he makes the chip. He chips in for birdie. Mm. And he's right next to Cam Smith, who now had, you know, cut cut into his lead and was down. I think it was one stroke difference at that point. Right. And Cam Smith then proceeds to not be able to get up and down and he bogeys. So then Scotty just... From that moment on, he just settled in. He was like, let's go.
0: I got this. I felt, I felt like at that exact moment when he chipped that in for birdie, he, he, he looked at Cameron Smith and said, what do you got? You know, They Cameron, were literally right, right, next right next to each, each other. other. It was like, you saw me hit my shot. You saw me line it up. You, now you have the better angle of yep. view, all this stuff of how the green is playing. What are you going to do? And he wasn't able to get follow that up. And I was like, damn, maybe Scotty has that mental a- edge.
1: Not just the mental edge, but I knew that it was in the cards for him to win. In that moment I said he's winning this he's tournament. Not because of just because of that, but because of the fact that so if that ball doesn't hit the pin, it doesn't go in. It rolls out probably further than what Cam Smith Easily had coming back. And that changes everything. But he got that break. And he yeah. got that break early on. And that's all a player needs sometimes is that little that little bit that of positivity. Snap. To just be like, oh yeah, it's my day, boys, and that's what he did. And then, you know, sadly, Camp Smith ended up falling apart on the twelfth, the treacherous twelfth. We've seen time and again people fall apart on that hole, on that part. Th- it's a part three, it's, it's one a- of the simplest holes in golf. But man, you we gotta see hit a guys- good shot,
0: not a good shot, a really smart played shot. You know, you can't just go out there and be too aggressive on the course and that's something that we saw a lot of guys try to do and failed. yeah jordan tried dustin tried um most
1: to, recently francesco molinari and tony fina when oh for tiger woods won it all yep you know he
0: could they both went in the water when tiger put it right in the middle of the green and even Finau in this in this tournament you know he was plus six plus seven on all of the major days on the second day and on the third day and not and i'm looking to myself like man this guy's plus nine for the whole tournament it's unlike him but that's him trying to be aggressive to overcome well, how hard the the course was playing. Well, but we
1: saw a lot of great players not even make the cut, yeah. let alone, you know, shoot, you know, over par on those second, third, and fourth days. Uh, Brooks Kepka didn't make the he cut. Didn't make it. My um, pick, Homer pick, didn't Max, make it. Max Homer didn't make it out in the end? Nope. Wow. Jordan Smith Jordan Speef did not make did the not cut. Make it. Uh, I think uh, Xander Shoffley didn't make the cut. No, nope. uh, dude so many guys didn't make the cut. Meanwhile, Tiger did. The big cat. Let's go my, Tiger. My dark horse my 80 to 1. Man, he had a great first round. That was I saw all of big cat action. a tournament period. I think everybody was tuning in looking cuz they, they they were realizing what this is this is like I mean, I, I don't even know what to compare it to because no, nothing like this really happens in other sports. It's right. like to be able to be able to play professionally in, in with the world's greatest, to, you know, kids that are in their 20s, 25s, when you're in your mid-40s, late-40s. Right. And at, especially coming back after such a tragic accident that he went through where he was looking at prosthetic legs a year ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you it's, know what I'm saying? It's unprecedented so, what this guy was able to accomplish out there on on the tournament. Man.
1: Just the fact that he was able to make the cut and then finish the whole tournament. Finish. Walking, bopble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But finish all four days. He didn't have the showing he wanted, but at the end of the day, he I, was out there, and that that was that was just enough for the game of golf. And it actually helped out Scotty because uh, Colton Nost, uh, who's one of the, the reporters out there, he made a great point on Thursday after Scotty went low and had the lead. He was like, he he went low, and the best part about it is nobody's going to talk about it. So he's gonna be able to just keep playing his game. So the fact that it was Tiger Woods back, I think that benefited Scotty because everybody was so wrapped up around that hype, around Tiger and what Tiger's doing, that it wasn't even like, all right, who's in who's in the lead right now, or who's like, you know, projected to win. Right hot. Now. Nah, it's just like it's anybody's Tiger game. Coverage. You know what I mean?
0: And and you know what, you kind of expect it right when it's Tiger Woods, and in the manner that he was playing, because he was competitive. That very first day, you know, he was more competitive than a lot of people were, especially a lot of the big names that, that we know and love. Right. And when we see that, it's like, damn, maybe Tiger does have a shot of winning this because he said that he felt confident in winning it. So maybe he can't play this good over three days. But we saw the the wear and tear of not being in that rhythm. Of, of He's rusty. He's rusty. You yeah. know what I mean? And we saw it, he was very inconsistent with his driver. He missed a lot more to the left than I've ever seen him missed in my life. Um And even still, he was still not necessarily out driving the guys that he was playing with, right, on, on the first two days and even on the third day. But he was hanging in there with him, right? It's not like they were blowing him out of the, the yeah. yards with an extra yeah. 20, 30 yards. No, this dude's 10, 15 yards. No, and, he,
1: and he played with Kevin Kisner on Saturday. And yeah. he, he I remember he out drove kids a couple times. Mm-hmm. So he, he still got it, man. He still I mean, he's not going to be the same Tiger he was, but he's still a Tiger. And no, he's still, he's still going gonna to be still a problem dangerous. as long as he's out there.
0: He's dangerous. He's dangerous. You know, he's very dangerous right Yo, now.
1: One other thing, though, I mean, from the Masters that we got to see, I mean, obviously, you know, Scotty winning is fantastic. Tiger Woods being out there is great. Uh, Cam Smith falling apart is, is tragic. tragic. But, you know, one guy I got to shout out, man, Rory McIlroy had a Bro. hell of a round on Sunday. And, and you know, he's missing the the green jacket for his Grand Slam. Um, you know, so there's always talks and hype. Oh, is this the year where Rory does it? I, I completely counted him out this year. Um, because of the fact that you know, I just don't think that he he's he's there, you know, to be able to do that. And it's usually because of the fact that the first day, Thursday, he does so bad that it always puts him out of it. And this is another prime example of that. They didn't do his great the first the first day that Thursday, and you know, goes eight under par I think on Sunday at Augusta National. Yeah, and you know, still didn't scratch. You know, anywhere near where Scotty Scheffler was. I think he ended up third. And Scotty uh, kind of left second, it open too because he wasn't
0: too dialed in towards no, the and end. He ended up right? four
1: putting on eighteen. Exactly. You know I mean? like uh, granted, he, he could have five putted and still won, but you know, if he if Rory, in, if in Rory, you know, just has a better opening round, you know, who knows? Maybe makes a world Maybe difference. he he makes that run for it, and Scotty does fall apart in the end. Um, but he did it, but he had a great, great um Sunday round. He even holed out on 18 and yeah. had the crowd hype. That was pretty dope. Pretty cool. Uh, so, so shout out to Rory, man. Love, love Rory nowadays. And,
0: and I think what you were alluding to right there is that the expectations that comes with being Rory, right? Because we've seen him be a champion before, and we know the, the level of golf he's capable of playing, right? It's a real high level, and, and he's still in that... Range where he's not necessarily at the peak of his prime, but he's still, kind he's still of, a young dude, man, he's a young dude coming down, maybe plateauing in his prime. You know what I mean? But a guy who's very capable. And you're right. Had he played better even on Friday and given himself, you know, two less strokes, three less strokes going into Saturday and Sunday in the weekend. He probably makes himself a runner in that and, and makes, you know, his cameras think about him. Makes Scotty think about him. Maybe
1: he's in the final pairing on Sunday,
0: but exactly, you know, that didn't happen for him. Didn't happen. In
1: the end, it was in in the cards for Scotty to win it all, and he looked great
0: doing it, man. He played really well. Humble champion, amazing shots. Very humble champion, man. Did you see the? (laughs) I got to mention that uh, it was like a IG clip of that dude who bet whether or not he was gonna cry.
1: Oh yeah, that was. Joey Colcuts. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Bob the Sports. That um, shit really was so funny, man. Yeah, no, that 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 was hilarious. And he didn't. I don't think he, he cried cry. in the end, nope. so he ended nope. up cashing out on that bet. But that's, that's a, a funny ass bet. Funny bet even to that take, right? Pet, yeah. <laughs>
0: if he's going to cry or not. Because I would have said yes. You know, the guy was emotional the other day. He won, when he won I mean, the other yeah, tournament. Yeah, it's you know? huge. No it's, matter you and know, who. And this is a major. I would cry. First major. Bro, it's the Masters. Forget the major.
1: Like, it's the Masters. Yeah, bro. He just
0: won the Masters, bro. You're etched in history,
1: dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's your spot Real forever, history. homie. Real history. So, nah, man, super dope. Shout what an out to Scotty. Shout out to the PGA and golf, man. I mean, the Super Bowl just happened, but, you know, there's still a whole lot of good golf this year. So, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys posted with, with the mo- more important stuff in, yeah. in passing. Yeah,
0: for sure. Like, how bad I played on Sunday, but whatever. We'll save that for you another You played time. Sunday? I played Sunday. Where'd you play at? Uh, we played at Orangebrook. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. I think Afternoon you had told me that. time. How, it couldn't be that bad, I mean. I mean, we didn't finish the 18. Oh, because you got a little twilight round. Yeah, and we got to the 16. I think we had shot, I want to say a 99. We were playing hey, two-man. Hey, you broke Scrabble. 100. Broke 100, right, I guess. No, <laughs> a 94, excuse me. We shot a 94, right? But we still had those two holes to go, with, so God knows how that would have went. Um, but, yeah, it was just fun to get out there. I hadn't played in a while. I hadn't it, gone bro. to the, the weather. weather was, was prime perfect. Sunday, It don't was don't perfect. I played
1: I played that morning with my brothers and stuff and I and, saw that. And, uh, that was dope. Yeah, it was a great time. The vibes were immaculate, bro. Just I'm getting so pumped up for the golf trip, you know. We got a week left before the premier cards coming up soon. The premiere
0: card. There's going to be a know, whole It's going to be a whole lot of golf. Go get that. Sports and so and Miami Golf Bros <laughs> told you guys. Go get the golf premiere card. If you don't know what if the hell golf, we're talking about, Google If you it.
1: golf, that's definitely, if you golf a lot, it's worth the
0: money. Go yeah, out go there get it and get that. Yep. And um, be number one in the game of golf. It's like, <laughs> try to be. That should be a know, t-shirt. Right? <laughs> try to be number one in golf. Um, but for sure, we we do have a number one team. We have two number one teams so far, and, uh, one of them is cemented as the number one team. Oh, yeah. In it's the officially East. official. Officially official, man. The Miami Heat finishing the season at 53 wins, 29 losses, number one in the division, number one in the East, uh, number three overall, uh, behind Memphis and behind Phoenix. Not, not to mention number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts, for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they're number one in our hearts. They're number one in our hearts. Say it with a chest. But it's it's an important season for the Heat, right? Because you and I, and on this show, we had huge expectations, right? And I'm sure our listeners also had huge expectations for the Heat, right? We had made the finals two years ago. We bombed last season. It was like, there's no way that our team is somewhere in between there, right? Like a middle of the pack team. We know this team is really good. We know this team can't be better than what it is. And this year we saw it. We saw them be dominant at home, right? We had a hell of a home record. We saw them be really good on the road with the three ball. Whenever the three ball was falling on the road, we will snap off four wins in a row, three wins on the road. And that's really key to not only, obviously, positioning yourself for the playoffs, right, but really making the difference and getting the home court advantage. And the Heat showed that. There was that slight crack where Milwaukee was playing bad for like a month where Brooklyn was playing bad for like two, three months. Um, Philadelphia couldn't get it together. All these teams around the East couldn't get it together. And the only team that was consistent, steady as she goes, every game, win or loss, was the Miami Heat. And that's a credit to Eric Spolstra, right, and his staff, the, the level of excellence that he demands from the team and that the team is able to play because this team is really good both at home and on the road. And it's been a while since I've seen a Heat team that well-balanced while still being really good at another attribute, which is the three-point ball. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. That that three-point shot for the Miami Heat is deadly. Ending up as the number one three-point team in, in the league is, like, ridiculous because that's not in our M.O. You know what I mean? It's never been in our M.O. It's always been that hard, grinded-out type of offensive basketball. And... Man, what a what a great, great season for the Heat, bro, for no, real.
1: Another thing I want to note, you know, just to add on to what you were saying there, you know, performing, succeeding, you know, being the number one spot to close up the season, you know, in the middle of a league where a lot of teams were struggling, you know, we struggled too. Uh, we had a lot of injuries. We had a lot of players out. You know, Butler, Jimmy Butler was out for a while there. You know, Bam was out for a while there with his thumb. Um, you know, Cal Lowry, a lot of time off for personal reasons and things like that. Right. And, you know, we saw the emergence of our unlikely heroes, you know, our Gabe Vincents, our Caleb Ga- Struess, our Caleb, Strews. Strews, uh, uh, sorry, our, our Caleb uh, Martin, our Max Struesses. Right. You know what I'm saying? We saw these guys pop off and we were able to kind of see their progression, um, you know, within our team and see their development and their growth. And, and we know what we have now, you know.
0: And, and even the uh, dude we didn't mention Pretty much. We haven't really mentioned him that much, but he puts in so much work. Dedman, man. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, P.J. Tucker. The mechanic. Both those guys. You know, P.J. Tucker's had a great year for us. You know, a great year. Grinding it out. Just quiet. Be be that glue guy. Be that that motivator. Do what you do, P.J. Tucker. and, 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 And make this team flourish in ways that we won't be able to see like that. Edmund, you know, playing defense, offense, hitting threes for us every now and then, being active, not being afraid to protect the rim. He
1: has his his big sloppy nights, right? Where he reminds me of Joel Anthony, but it's all good. I love Joel Anthony. He has a great name. He's way better than Joel Anthony. A hundred percent, but I'm saying he'll have his big sloppy nights. You know what I mean? That's what we used to call him, big sloppy. So, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, we'll have those every now and again, but more often than not, he is contributing. He's putting up boards. He's running, you know, he's keeping up with the pace of the game, running back and forth with, you know, with, with everybody out there, right? So he's a big that that can run, that can shoot. You know, he's active. He's got good hands. He's got good, you know, court vision and awareness. So yeah, man, I, I like man out there, and the fact that we don't have to rely on him, like we have Bam. Bam covers everybody.
0: Yeah, and, and Bam doesn't get like that type of love on defense because of how good the defense is on the team, right? You got Jimmy, you got um, Bam, you got Deadman. you P. got PJ Tucker. Tucker, who can defend. You know Morris, who can defend. Guys who can, Caleb Martin can come out here and defend. We've seen how good Struz is on the defensive end. A, a, a squad full of defenders, yep. right? And to really outshine all of those guys like Bam has done this season on the defense is, it's going to be wild that he doesn't get like top two consideration for defensive player. Right, it would be
1: because of all the time off. You but know, even be, with that, that, that hurts even,
0: him. even with that, like, look, he still averaged more than 19 points for the season. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he's been the guy. For the heat that's like the glue guy while everybody all the stars or the main guys are on the floor it doesn't operate as well when bam isn't the guy who can piece all that together who can do the bringing down of the ball set the pick hit the roll take the jump shot cut to the basket take a three like again be so versatile in that offense where things can happen so much better when he's on the court. When he's off and we have to go through Jimmy, it feels kind of forced. Sometimes when we go through, have to go through hero, we know that we're going to get something creative, sometimes erratic, sometimes really dope, but he's a creative type of player. Um, lately we've seen the, the dominance of Kyle Lowry starting to emerge and it's been critical to how the offense plays. And again, with him being there, it that makes it easier. But when Bam is there at the center of it, the whole team just operates much more fluid. Uh, it's gonna be great to see how this team heads into the postseason, right? Because I've I've said it here. I'm not I'm not scared of facing anybody in the East. We've played these teams when it's mattered. We've played these teams both at home and away, and we've always felt confident. And the fact that we ended up as the number one position in the East should speak very loudly of how good this team is, right? It's not like we just got lucky hit a 10 game winning streak and everybody else went on a 6-7 game losing streak. No. Nah, that's nah, not what that's happened.
1: Absolutely not. If you've been watching NBA basketball, you know that is definitely not the case. <clears throat> you know that is definitely not the case. Hell no. And you and, can argue that about the Celtics. Got right. hot late now in the year, right? You can argue that about the Nets maybe. Right. Right? You can argue that about the 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 Sixers. Correct. Right? But you can't say that about the Heat cuz the Heat have been the only team that have been this consistent all year through
0: everything that we've been through. Literally through everything. Even when there was that little stoppage in December, and then we had, like, Mm -hmm. that week off, and how was he going to respond? Even a couple of weeks ago with the whole fighting with Jimmy and Spo on the court, and, you know, all that jazz, there's been so much. Markeith missing games, the fight in Denver, Uh, Cal Lowry missing so many games, Bam getting injured, Hero being, like, the main focus uh, of of the game, you know, for the Heat. The emergence of so many other uh, superstars or unlikely heroes, like we talked about, yep. a lot of, a lot a lot happening around the team. Meanwhile, the guy who's driving the ship, Coach Spo, is like steady as she goes, boys. We got this, mm-hmm. and everything else will happen. We got this. Let's move in this direction, and he's done such an amazing job, bro, of of putting this team. In positions to really be themselves, right? Because if you watch a Heat game, you see what they're about. They're about hardcore defense limiting the the, the possessions that other teams has and knocking down threes. We saw that against Charlotte. We ended up putting a, a franchise high 144 points on the Charlotte team granted it wasn't a defensive show right and, we gave up and, 115 points to charlotte
1: no and the only highlight that came about it was Lamelo ball doing a little whoopsie daisy move to a shot that was ultimately airballed
0: correct and and that kid is nice i'm great, not gonna great, front. great highlight nice. but
1: that, that was the highlight of yeah. the game was that they right. lost
0: and he didn't make the bucket on that possession no
1: that was the highlight of that game
0: yeah and 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 look he you know, no love dog no love and the heat again showcasing what they're good at 54% from the three pointer from that game right uh 57% from the from the field goal uh, 41 rebound limiting their turnovers to 15 right Tyler Hero having a 20 35 point game really feeling himself 11 of 18 7 of 7 from the free throw stripe Yep, a huge offensive game just to show you guys like if we have to get into that battle where it's you score we score We're going to be able to score and stop you from scoring way more often than where you're going to be able to do that to us. Exactly. Especially when our guys are hitting because Jimmy was hitting, Hero was hitting, uh, Duncan was hitting threes. Like, everybody hit a three. Even to hit, like, the 140s, we were just shooting up threes because they were so open and they were all going down. Huge home win. And and for a dress rehearsal, right, quote, unquote, for the playoffs against a team that we may face in the first round, right, or second round, whatever, you look at them and you're like, that's that's light work. That's real light work, yeah. you know. That's a team that we would look at in a seven-game series and be like, all right, I'm not really worried about that. And then even the next game where we take on Atlanta. Which is a real threat they had. They played us tough. La- they didn't play us tough, but they went on a hell of a run in the playoffs last year, right? Really upsetting teams left and right. We go into a game and we end up beating them 113 to 109, uh, behind a big game from BAM, right? With 24 points. And what, what encouraged me about this game is that there wasn't a letdown. Usually we see these teams that know they're heading into the postseason, know that they're getting a the number one spot or whatever. They kind of like, rattle it back a little bit and say well let's not go so hard tonight there's no way that ha- happens with a miami heat team this team was was focused and had a goal in mind we got to try to get to the most amount of wins that we can this season because it's all about that number one seed and they knew that they had to to play for something and that was it so they didn't take it lightly against the hawks and the hawks really put in a great game because yeah, close game we were up in the third quarter, and we were really dominating these guys, right? We had scored 35 points in that quarter. We were, we're going ahead into the fourth, and it's like, all right, you know, we're, we're definitely dominating here. We're we're moving in a direction where we can kind of close this one out, maybe put in the reserves. Atlanta has no quit, and they really came back on that game and, and found a way to make it competitive for the Heat. But, like, we've seen time and time again this season with mm-hmm. the heat and and something that you love to talk about how this team doesn't turn down when the moment arrives and how they're getting better at closing out games.
1: Yeah. You got to play, you got to play to the moment. And right now, I mean, all these moments are the most important moments of the season. So every game, it, it counts, man. Every single game counts. And, you know, even in the last game, the uh, you know, the Orlando game, we we go on the road, right, to close out the season, and we play Orlando, and we lose 125 to 111. Right. But a lot of interesting takeaways from that game. You know, we've talked about everybody on this team that has contributed this year, except for the one guy that we have been, you know, not I wouldn't say desperately waiting, but uh, more anxiously waiting on. Oof. Because we just, we know what he's capable of. And this game, final game of the season, we've already locked up the number one seed. So no need to really start our main guys and risk it. But... You know, we throw minutes at you know an Omar, Year at Seven. We give him over thirty-five minutes this game. You know, um, Dedman, uh, Highsmith. Um, you know, everybody. Martin
0: played a lot that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: all of our unlikely heroes, and they were led by a one Victor Oladipo, who put up forty points. So against a former Orl- team, right in Orlando, or in Orlando Magic. So w- how do you feel about you know seeing this from Vic
0: going into the playoffs? I mean, first and foremost, I got to give a shout-out to my boy, D-Boy, because he called it the night that we were chilling. Uh, he said that Victor was going to go off for 30 points, and I was like, all right, I'm going to write this one down. Dolphin says <laughs> he's shout going out. up for 30, and my man dropped 40 on Orlando, so shout-out shout out to him for, for really calling it. And as far as how I feel about Victor Oladipo putting up those offensive performances, that makes me even more confident. I feel like overconfident in in the Heat's ability to really match up against whoever, you know, because we talk a lot about how deep you have to be going into the playoffs, right? And one thing we know about Spolstra is that he doesn't necessarily always commit to a lineup and say, I'm sticking to this for 30 minutes a game. He's always going to tinker and say, "Is there better? Is there better? Is there a way to improve this lineup? Is there more that I can get out of this defensively, offensively? What does this moment call for?" So we know that Eric Spolstra is going to have that full option right on the bench to look and point at guys and say, "This is the guy I want to go with in the moment. This is the guy I want to go with in the moment." It makes the Heat so much more dangerous in the playoffs when you go. My second option is Victor Oladipo. And you're like, "What?" Cuz option number 1 is probably going to be Hero, right? Hey Hero, you're in, kid. Go do what you do, baby. Right? The next option is probably if it's probably going to be Victor Oladipo. He's probably going to get that shot and say, "See what you got." Because he's NBA proven, right? Like we we know what we have in Struz, Martin. Uh, Vincent, all those guys, right? Duncan, all those guys. We know what we have in them. And they're really good assets. But Victor Oladipo is like almost, not, not almost, he is NBA upper echelon type talent, right, where he can be the difference maker. Having that guy as your second guy coming off the bench against whoever, Brooklyn, Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, you name it, it just makes the heat that much better. And I feel that confidence going into these playoffs because I'm not scared of any of these teams when I can, when I know that Spohr is going to be able to turn around and say, yo, I got a guy here. Get in there, give me 10, 12, 15 points. And that guy's going to be able to deliver. Like, there's no way that we don't see a 20-point game, a 30-point game maybe from Victor Oladipo this playoffs. Mm. In that first it's round, we, in the first round, we know that Spoelstra is going to play whoever just to get a rhythm and say who's who's going to be my guys for these for this playoff moving forward. Can I trust Victor Oladipo? Victor, get in there, get 15 minutes, see what you do. And we and if we get some type of return from Victor Oladipo, that's right. eight you to 12 know. minutes, 10 points, whatever in those 15 minutes, you got to ride that guy more often. Ride the hot hand, you know, and he's going to be one of the first names that can get called. And, and that makes us, again, like I said it, but it makes us more dangerous. And teams don't want to face us like that where they have to rely on their, their – because we saw Boston have a big injury to their lineup. Um, Philadelphia is not as deep, right? Harden has been struggling. Um, they've really been riding Embiid. So if we can beat Embiid by himself, we can definitely beat Philadelphia. excuse me we had a tough game against Boston they can be a potential matchup right because Tatum and the rest and how good they're at uh playing defense but I really don't I don't see us struggling these first two rounds I know that the to get past the second round you're going to have to really play focused basketball but that first round whoever we face I'm not worried whether it's Atlanta Charlotte uh Brooklyn who and and Cleveland Whoever makes it out of this play-in game, right, and faces us, I'm not going to be worried. We'll find out on Friday, right, who we end up facing is going to be determined. But I'm I'm super confident because I know that the Heat are going to be, not only should they be favored, right, so you can bet on the Heat making the championship. You're going to get really good odds right now in, in Vegas. So if you're a gambler, make sure to bet on the Heat making the vinyls because you don't want to miss out when Sports with uh, Social sports said it. And I'm putting hundred bucks myself.
1: Please gamble responsibly.
0: Yep. Um, so yeah, your boy's gonna put a hundred on the Heat to make a championship. But I'm I'm confident in that because I know that if once we get past that second round, it's like okay, the Heat are primed and we know where we're heading. We're heading straight to the ship. Yeah.
1: We've, it's not. It's not the East. I'm not worried about the East. So I'm what
0: are you really worried about? Really not
1: worried about the East. We've run the East all year long, dog. Straight up. We've talked about this at nauseum. There's not one team in the East that concerns me in seven games. One game, okay, anybody can win one game, but seven games, where we're with the number one seed, and we have this home court. Mm. Oh, be it, forget about it. We're gonna, we're it. gonna be the favorites in the East. We are the favorites in the East. We're taking the East. However, mm. it is the West that I have my eyes on, and that is where my concern lies. Is in that Western Conference because okay. there are a
0: lot of teams that I. That I am worried about. <laughs> There's only one team I'm worried about. And that's a team that we didn't have a good record on this season. It's Phoenix. You're only worried about the Phoenix Suns. No, because we whooped Memphis both games we played them. Okay, so you whooped you're, them. They got John whooped Moran them. back. I'm not care. worried about that. But you know what? They have an amazing record. I think they're like 19 and 2 when he misses games. <laughs> Forget about that. Okay. That team is good. All right, so right? You're not worried about Memphis. Not worried about Memphis because tactically, I know that we owned them, right? Yeah, okay. All right. Phoenix, however, they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Okay. That's that's a one-two combo that I'm like, damn. If these guys get rolling, and then they, it makes it harder to defend the big man, Aiden, because he can get 20 rebounds a night, no problem, and score sure, a bunch sure. of dunks, no and problem.
1: Last last time we played him, he balled he, against he us. Destroyed Chris us. Chris Paul was out.
0: Right. So it's, And that's tall centers give us a problem, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if they didn't have him, we can deal them up. Really good, right? But the fact that they do have him, right? right he's gonna be playing. That's the scarier matchup. But for that's me.
1: the only team in the West you're worried about. That's the you're only not team. worried about, say, if Golden State. He comes back and nope. and he gets to play. You no, know, you're not scared not of worry. Golden State. Nope. Not worried. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and not Draymond worry. Green and Anthony Wiseman and, and Gary Payton Jr. and all the guys that they got on that team.
0: Wiggins, right?
1: Wiggins, I mean, come there, they they got a Stacked. squad. how about the Denver Nuggets?
0: Stacked squad.
1: MVP Nikola Jokic. Yep, you're yep, not you're yep. not concerned with that team. Let me double check. There's a few teams, let dog, in the check. West, dog, let that let I look go. at and I'm like, they give us trouble. You look at you talk about the tall center, the Nuggets got a tall center, bro. Mm. And Jokic.
0: Mm. You know what? And they give us trouble. You're right. Still not worried though. I mean, dog, that's Yo, a, for real. Like, I don't understand. I'm I don't telling you, understand. the East,
1: not a concern. I'm even, not worried about the even East. Even in the West, the West Listen,
0: even in the West, right, because you had to play a certain amount of Western conference teams this year. And in order to get to the record that we got to, there's no way you get there with just dominating the East. There's no way you get there with just dominating the East, right? And we've been in a lot of primetime games this year. And we've won more than we've lost. We've looked better than what we've looked bad. There's a lot of confidence within the Heat's organization to believe that this team is championship worthy, right? Because if not, A, they wouldn't have put it together. And B, they've invested into the team after making a poor showing last year, right? So they make the finals run, bad showing last year. And now they feel that that's the level of basketball they need to get back to with this team while having Jimmy here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's championship or bust. And this is a great year to make that championship run because we see the cracks in the other teams armors Mm -hmm. while our defense, our armor is very much intact, very much intact. So teams are going to come have to come have to play us. You're going to have to come down here and play your best game at least two times in Miami. You're going to have to play your best game at least two times here in Miami. It's going to be really hard for teams to pull that off against yeah. us,
1: man. No, and I Just I was curious, so I pulled it up uh, just now. Our record against the Western Conference this season was eighteen and twelve.
0: Let's go, cool, Pablo. Let's go, that, cool, Pablo. That's you know that's we, that's more than winning, respectable.
1: Winning, yeah, winning record. You know, you, you can't you can't complain. More than
0: respectable. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I'm very confident. I don't understand why Heat he fans are more confident. I get the apprehension of being like, yeah, you know, other teams have stars. And that's cool. And stars can win you a game, right? Because we're probably, we've seen it with Brooklyn, where KD just goes off and and pretty much drags the rest of his sorry ass team across the finish line. And sometimes, more often than not, they come up short. And it's not because of him. He's nasty. He's going to put up 50 points, 60 points. He's going to do his thing. But he needs the rest of the team to do their thing. And they're not as consistent as the rest of the guys who do their thing on our teams. You feel me? Yeah, no doubt. There's there's no way that you can compare that. Our guys are way more consistent than anybody else's team. Yeah. Yeah, your stars are going to be stars, especially in the playoffs. Jimmy's going to do his thing, Tatum's going to do his thing, and B's going to do his thing, right? KD's going to do his Kyrie's going to do his thing. They're all going to do their thing. It's everybody else who makes a difference in the game. And I'm way more confident in our guys. I'm way more confident in Hero. I'm way more confident in, in a Strews and a Victor Oladipo, right? In throwing that Caleb Martin at somebody and say, hey, stop them from, from scoring for 15 minutes. I'm confident in that. As a Heat fan, people should be in, confident in this team because we've seen it, dog. Yes, we've we straight up seen it. And yep. the playoff run is going to start on Saturday whenever held, we find out who we're facing. Um to be determined, right? But again, we don't. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Throw Sunday, anybody Sunday. from this
1: conference in front of us. <clears throat> yeah, we're yeah, gonna, gonna mop them up. Seven games. We we're gonna take them down. Right, we're
0: gonna mop them up. It's gonna be an easy, easy, a gentleman sweep, and we'll tell yep. them good so night.
1: Expect us in the finals.
0: Who we play in the finals? That's the question. That's the question. And expect the Nets to lose in this playoff tournament. I'm not. In this I'm, tournament, not I'm not counting on that. I'm not, in. I'm not hey, counting man, on that. I'm telling you, bro. Sports was so so said it first. Nets yeah. losing the play-in. <laughs> Um, We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, something that's been exciting to see is the the other number one team here in South Florida, Mm. and that's the Florida Panthers. Seven to hunt. (laughs) Seven? Seven straight wins. Seven? That's not, yo. Win streak? In any sport, a seven game win streak is nasty. Nasty, nasty. I mean, and the Panthers make it look like just so. For easy.
1: perspective, the Heat this year, mm. our longest win streaks were five games, right? Correct. We never were able Never to got the hurdle. Never got. Panthers to six. are on seven right now, homie. And the way that and like these aren't just like you know, you know, regular walk of the park games. These are gritty games, dog. Comeback. We had another comeback win recently, <laughs> bro. Badass. Yo.
0: Cardiac cats. This is this is, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right, dog. That's exactly right. You know, right. it's it's wild because man, we talk about it so much and, and we say it to the audience as much as we can. You know, like it's it's worth tuning into this game if you catch it in the third period and we're down a goal. It's worth it because you're probably going to see a good comeback. You're probably going to see the Panthers really make some exciting plays to score goals and win the game.
1: And we say that because we know you're probably used to turning on the TV and seeing the Marlins down three or four runs or the Dolphins down two or three possessions and being like, well, that's over. Maybe next week. Yeah. But not with the Panthers. If you see that, like, that's when you should lick your chops and be like, oh, boy. This is gonna turn into a, a game all of a sudden, and more often than not, it does. So it really
0: does. It and does. It really does. And look, backs uh, against
1: the wall, put your money on the cats.
0: Always. And and the the overtime game that we saw was against the Maple Leafs, right? We ended up winning that game seven yep. six in overtime. And and I had mentioned that game specifically in the games that they were about to play because that was a revenge game. They had lost to Toronto to kind of you know, break that winning streak that they had. They had a three-game winning streak heading into the game in Toronto back on March 27th. They ended up losing that game 5-2, kind of get embarrassed, and that's when the the Panthers were like, yo, there's no way we're, we're going to lose two in a good row, and they snapped and started another winning streak, right? Get to Toronto again, play them, and say, you know what? We're down in this game. There's no way we're losing to these guys again. Let's come back. Let's make a move. Let's make it happen. And the Panthers did it, man. Dark off is a beast. Uh we see Big Bob is back making big saves, Spencer Knight. Um it's just it's wild. It's wild how this team is was built together, how they keep adding to it, right? And excuse me, and ultimately how this team is able to just perform on the night. And you know, you go you make two goals in the third period to to put to force the overtime and then you make that first overtime goal, end it. And it's 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 amazing, right? It's amazing to see the Panthers come back consistently against big time opponents, playoff type opponents, yep. and and do it night in, night out in, in Sunrise, man.
1: Bro, uh, ten games left. I just want the playoffs already. Me too. I, I really. And I know we talked about it last week. You know, this is already playoff atmosphere. All these games are important games for us. Right. But God, man, this team. there's just. They're just. They're destined this year. This is the you talk about boom or bust. This is the team that Shit. needs to boom. Cause if not, it's gonna be a bad bust. Wow. I don't see it happening. I, I mean we've right. been following them all year. I don't see the, the Panthers not making it to the Stanley Cup final um and, and winning it all because they just they have the personnel. They have I mean we dude, we started off the season hot and in the middle of us just getting hot, we have drama, problems with our head coach, right? Wow. Based off of previous employments and stuff like that. Like, he ends up resigning honorably. They give him the chance to resign. We lose our head coach, which is the one that kind of put all of this together. And we're like, man, is our season about to fall apart? And no. We're able to just keep our foot on the gas, full steam ahead, and, and now we're, we're primed. We're sitting pretty pretty good looking, you know, 10 games left in the season. We're looking uh, pretty good situation going into the playoffs.
0: Absolutely. And if when you come to look at it right, the Panthers uh, in the conference – they're definitely winning the division but they're number 1 in the Eastern Conference they got 51 wins uh f- 15 ties overtime ties and 6 losses
1: 108 uh, points
0: right a nice little 6 point cushion right there on our next closest division rival which is the Carolina Hurricanes that's the one matchup that I I really don't want to happen until so it needs to happen further down further down the line for the Panthers um but when it comes to to being just A dominant team, right? The Panthers have shown that they are the most dominant team in the NHL. They're the scariest team. Colorado may have a better record right now, but they're the scariest team in the NHL because – They've shown every single ability of it, of the aspect of the game, right? They're able to score goals. They defend really well. um, They're able to come back. They're able to erase deficits that they may give up in the first or second period. Um, They get real nitty gritty when it comes down to third period under five minutes. They have an amazing record of coming back and tying games when it comes to that. Um, This is a team that's really destined, like you said, and focused on winning a title right they're not just worried about making the playoffs they knew that this team was good enough and that's why i think that they also made the moves that they made within the season right to get a better attacker and a and a better right wing um they made those moves to really put themselves in a position to be the best team in the playoffs not only be the best team of the season they're they're easily going to be able to achieve one of those goals right in the eastern conference with these 10 games left um but really be the best team in the playoffs and heading into the playoffs after this you, you gotta feel real confident in how the Panthers have played because they've shown ability to win all those games and not only that they're they're really priming and keeping that rhythm going and not just giving up easy games or saying well we lost this game let's wrap it up it's, let's not even go to overtime let's stay healthy and we had getting... a little skid recently
1: right we had a little skid
0: yeah we had a three got uh, off four the path. game loss yeah man but how, what did we do bounce back
1: seven game win streak baby bounce back yeah, I mean, I that's what this team does. That's what this team does, man. And 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 we talk about the Heat. Nobody beating the Heat in seven. Ain't nobody beating this team. Not not in seven that. I mean, is that any one game? You make it a one game series, man, and you're up. You yeah. know, in the third period with two goals and ten minutes left.
0: Uh, that leads not I'll, safe.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna live bet the Panthers to be to come back and win it because they've done it countless times this season.
0: The homie said it ain't safe. It ain't safe. It, it ain't safe. Ain't safe. And it's definitely safe to have a lead against the Panthers because nah. they're they're that team that are going to come back and cataract cataract cats no Ca- Cataract? Cardiac. who got cataracts cardiac. no cardiac we better go get a prescription I know cardiac <laughs> <laughs> cardiac cats man they're oh, yeah. they're definitely going to be the team to come back on your ass and 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 make it difficult for you to win a game super, they have their like fun. we said they have ten games left a game tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. Um, then they played the Winnipeg Jets before a Sunday matchup against Detroit in Detroit. So two games at home against the Ducks and the Jets. Big game away at Detroit. How crazy would it be for the Panthers to win those next three games and us be here to record the podcast and then and strip off 10 games in a row? That'd be lit. That'd be Crazy.
1: And they could do it, too. I mean, they just got to get, like you said, through these three, like the Ducks, the Jets, the main ones, that Red Wings game. Yeah. But then after that, they play the Islanders. They could go 11. (laughs) The Islanders are garbage this year. Yep. So Two
0: matchups to look forward to, right, in the month of April. They got the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning back-to-back. Yeah. Right? On Saturday and Sunday, 23rd and 24th. And then they got the Bruins after that. Tough matchups. So it'll be a nice little playoff preview for the Panthers, right? Um, hopefully they just continue to rack up these wins, and the next time we talk about them, we'll talk. We'll be talking about them ripping 10 in a row and so-so not really jinxing them like I did the other time. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Yeah, it happens, bro. It happens. And, um, you know, these things happen in the fight game known as hockey. It ain't really the fight game, but a lot of fights go down. But we saw an amazing fight. Uh, three fights actually this weekend, it, uh, more than that, bro. Right? We saw a bunch of there was a was lot, a lot those, of really good those, fights, man. Those
1: undercards were really, really good. But yes, yes UFC. If you're referring to UFC 273, yes, sir, in Jacksonville, Florida, yes, shout sir. Out Duval, shout out Duval. Great night, man. Another great night of fights, dog. I'm sorry we didn't get to watch them together, yeah, man. I know we had uh different plans and stuff, but you got to see him, I got to see him. We haven't talked about him yet,
0: so no, no, where do, where do you want to start? Let's let's start with uh, let's let's start with the main event, right? And then we'll work our way down because the the I feel like the the main event can definitely get, earn its respect, right? And it did earn its respect, but the fights before that, that happened before that were definitely more exciting, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree.
0: All right, so let's start with the championship fight.
1: <clears throat> so you got Alexander Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. And I'll just use his nickname because it's really hard to pronounce. Name. <laughs> and that's uh, not really hard. I'm just being a, an American. Uh, anyways, Korean Zombie, long time laid off. The whole storyline behind that was that you know he's Korean, so he ha- he got uh, drafted to the military there. You know, if you're Had born to serve. if you're born there, you you're mandatory. Have to serve two years or whatever. And you know, he put his. UFC career on hold, went back to go, you know, serve his country, and then now this was his comeback, and, you know, not a lot of people, you know, wanted that fight, he's a little bit older, a little bit later in his career, Um, but Volkanovski, you know, knowing the brand that is uh, the Korean Zombie, um, you know, and, and, you know, the figure that he is in MMA and UFC, you know, he's well-respected, Uh, from everything he has done in his career. He was like, man, I'll give that guy the fight. I would love to fight that guy. Yeah.
0: Alex is never going to shy away from, excuse me, he's never going to shy away from a fight, right? And when he had the chance to fight Chang Sung Young, uh, a.k.a. the Korean zombie, um, they presented him that fight and he was like, you know what, this guy's a a UFC legend, MMA legend. Uh, He's definitely in in shape and in prime, ready to go. And I'm not going to say no to a challenge. I want to stay as active as possible in this division um and i'm gonna defend my belt if you put him there in front of me i'm gonna fight him i'm gonna do what i do and when the fight started i was like okay let's see what what alex has in stock today immediately i just noticed the difference in striking He just looks so elite it's so like i like, can by, levels by above. comparison like right Go ahead. No, no, no. By comparison, he just looks so
1: elite next to you know the Korean zombie. I mean, he this guy looked like a guy that took years off. You know what I mean? That like had had a, still had a, a strong chin because mm-hmm. he took a beating and he never gave up. But at the end of the day, like there it was just night and day
0: difference in the striking. We've seen a lot of good strikers before in featherweight, right? Guys who are shifty, right? But they're usually the smaller guys, right? They're they're usually not the big powerful punchers that Alex. Is Uh Volkanovski looks like a guy who doesn't belong in that further away division because he just looks like he can add on another 5-10 pounds easily and still be a heavy hitter and be a guy who can move around really, really well. He just looks so levels above the Korean Zombie, you know, yeah, when it came to striking. And, and that's and that ultimately what had the edge because he was able to just keep this distance, really pound him whenever he got close, punish him, um, take him down. And Zombie really had no answers for yeah, everything man. that Alex was throwing at him. And he ended up getting the TKO. Yeah, the you know? fight
1: got called early. You know? Smart, TKO. smart decision. No, they he
0: didn't.
1: He said he it too. Stopped he stopped was like, third. hey, man, I really wish they would have called it earlier. I really didn't want to keep doing, you know, I felt like I was just – doing way too much damage to him. but I thought it
0: was over in the third, to be honest. Yeah,
1: it should have been. It should have been, man. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, good fight in the end for Volkanovski. Right. Um, retains you know, his belt. Yeah, retains his belt. He put an ass-whooping on somebody that, you know, was a good opponent. In the end, not a great opponent, but it, it was what it was. It was a good, good end of the night. Correct. But there were some other fights that night that were a little bit better, a little bit more entertaining.
0: This next fight was pretty entertaining as well, right? And it was an interesting rematch fight, right? Because uh, both of these guys had belts. Um, both of these guys felt like the fight ended controversially. Like, um, and we're talking about Argerine. Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain. I always struggle with yeah. his first name. Aljamain Sterling. Sterling versus Peter Yan. Peter Yan. yeah. And for Jan, you know, he was kind of upset because he landed that illegal knee that ultimately cost him the fight against Sterling the first time they fought for the belt. And Sterling himself wasn't, like, really happy with how he won. I mean, nobody would be happy to win like that. But ultimately, he did win, and he had the belt, but what he didn't like is... Jan's defense of, like, his illegal knee, not really owing up to it to say, yeah, I hit him with an illegal knee. It's kind of my fault the fight was over. Um, He was more on the edge of, like, he was—he oh, was, he was uh, this guy's weak. He was
1: acting. He was, like, he right. was being dramatic about it. You know, he was making it seem worse than what it was. It's like, dude, that mm. shouldn't be your argument. Own up to what you did, be like, hey, man, I, it was a boneheaded, you know, mistake. I've never done that in my career, and I want a chance to, you know, to, to fight again. Right. You know what I mean? They take it that approach, but he didn't. And he,
0: you know, there was bad blood going into the fight.
1: Correct. It's good for us.
0: Better for us because ultimately the, the fight ended up in uh, a really good fight <clears throat> where it went all five rounds, right, and we got uh, – uh, a winner by split decision. Usually people don't like split decisions, but I felt like the, it was very fair. Um, Sterling really controlled the, the most aspect of the fights, and when it came to landing body blows and kicking uh, Jan's midsection and stuff like that, he really dominated that area and slowed him down. And that, I felt like, made the difference in Sterling's ability to execute his game plan more in that fight. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Did you think that Sterling won that in the end?
0: I really did. Yeah. I really did. I felt like he did the more busy of the work, the better of the work, right? And ultimately ended some of the better and bigger shots.
1: Fights like that is where I f- feel strongly that there should be extra innings. That extra 1 minute, 2 minutes. Dog, you know what? Hey bro, sorry. We didn't get too tight. <clears throat> you guys still got gas in the tank? Yeah? All right, let's get one more round. Especially that it's one more, you know what I mean? Like we got we got to fit we got to settle this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Like uh, it was it was really close for me. Like I
1: know Aljo still he mm-hmm. he, he controlled the ground. He, mm-hmm. once he got his back, which was crazy to see Jan give up his back multiple times in a fight, let alone once. And it was just it was it was odd because you know he had all that control, but at the end of the day, the last couple rounds Jan came back, so it's like recency bias you know or like i was like at the end of the fight i was like nah y'all starting to come out come back here you can't just give the fight to, to sterling but he was a champion correct like, technically
0: technically right and that's the weird thing that i wanted to point out when you mentioned it both of them were were champs right so it would have been nice to say or if they had the ability right we should say if they had the ability to say you know what this fight's too close both of you guys are champions there's two belts on the line here or one real belt on the line here we're gonna give you guys an extra two minutes finish her finish them like winner of the fight you know and you make and you put that pressure on them or you you make the incentive be for the fighter to attempt to finish the fight right not necessarily survive it where you put the guys in the middle and you say well one of you guys got to finish the fight and swing for the fences you know whether it's the home run the submission whatever swing for the fences yeah it would have been dope but i really felt like sterling did again more of the work right and more of the steady work um It's not easy to dominate a guy who's so offensively gifted like Giannis, like Peter Giannis. And Giannis definitely executed his game plan as well, right? He was able to land some big blows and really start to come back in the end of the fight, like you said. But sometimes you win the last two rounds, but you really lost three rounds. Yeah, exactly. And I I feel like that's what happened in that fight, you know, where Sterling won those first three rounds decisively, where you can say, yeah, he won them. He didn't look as dangerous as he could have been, but you got to take into account the guy he's fighting too, right? It's a champion. It's Peter Yan. He's, he's no slouch either, you know? So. Do they run it back? They should. They really should. You I know? I think so. I, I really feel like they should. What is this? This is two, uh, 273. Probably make it like 280, 276, something like that, right? And, and really give these guys time to prepare again and make it a. a because here's the thing, right? Who's Sterling going to fight next? Is that person a legitimate threat to the belt? Does that kill the pay-per-view vice that it could possibly make with the trilogy of the fight? Usually the trilogy is going to make the most money, right? Because people want to see what happens in the outcome, whether it's um, the Sterling winning outright, Peter winning outright, something happening to determine the end of the fight. And once it gets to that point, I think, People will feel more settled, right, as to who won the ultimately the matchup between Peter Young and Sterling. Right now that you have that little rivalry going and it's, yeah. it's starting to build up, they shouldn't do that trilogy. Yeah, man.
1: there's cloud around them. Might as well ride that. Might as well, man. You gotta sit, right. make well, a sell,
0: baby. We gotta wrap the
1: show up, but we gotta get to the fight of the
0: night. That fight night. of the night, dog. And we saved it for last for that reason, man. We had the Brazilian Gilbert Burns facing the hottest fighter in the streets, bro, Jenna KMF. KMF.
1: <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah. K- GMF, KMF, KMF? KMF,
0: Something like oh that. Um, the dude's a beast. The dude is nasty. I mean, you've
1: probably seen Kleeps, clips of this dude already. Clips. You've probably seen clips of this dude already. He's the one that, you know, in the middle of the fight is, is trash talking over to Dana White, who's in the crowd saying, Dana, I'll fight anybody you put in front of me as he's manhandling Man. a UFC fighter. Yeah. And not just that, you know, Jesse, shout out to Jesse, our, our UFC insider. Um, he he kind of gave me the backstory on it. So Kim have basically fought three times within like a month right. because of the fact that it was during the time of COVID and the pandemic and everything. And like there was one card where a fighter backed out and then he was like, hey, man, you put me in there, I'll fight. and He jumped in. And then like a week or two later, another fighter got dropped out and he was like, I'll fight again. And he fought again and he won again. And then that's just kind of been the storyline that he's they've just been putting him with anybody and he's just been demolishing them so this he, he went up against you know what number two ranked well gilbert burns was number Yo, two
0: number two so let me let me tell you something it's so impressive how he was able to assert his ufc career right because he was one of the most available fighters during the pandemic so while this dude the fights were going on in abu dhabi right where it's really hard for americans to travel really hard for people from the uk and all these other countries right right the dude was already living like 15 miles away pretty much training over there so it was super easy for him to say yeah i'm here i'm available whenever you need me you call me i'm in the backyard bro doing (laughs) push-ups And this dude was like just always constantly working on his game, getting into a really strong camp, chilling with Darren Till, and and doing that work. Who's a killer in that welterweight division, right? Um, And possibly making a big comeback to make a a, a run at Usman. Again, Cosma was in a really good position to be available for those fights and not only did he take those opportunities he made the most out of them fight of the night choking people out choking out really uh guys who had a lot more quote-unquote potential than him but he was able to demolish those guys and make himself look much better within it so much so that he turned his 11th ranking right because this dude wasn't even in the top 10 into a matchup against gilbert burns because gilbert burns didn't like the type of respect and adoration and you know all this other stuff that this dude was getting because he's like man i just fought for the belt recently now this dude's being talked about fighting the champ there's no way right i'm, I'm much better than this guy and they were like you know what i'll fight you he was one of the you and you, you got to give that respect to hilbert burns he he was like you know what i'm not afraid of you bro i'll fight you right now and we'll go to war and both of those guys were like you know what that's respectful let's do that and they both signed up and they went out there and gave us a war dog
1: it was it was uh KMF's hardest battle by far. For sure. His toughest challenge. Um but dude what a I mean what a show, bro. What a I show. I mean you, these guys went at each other. I mean they went the distance, right? We didn't correct. get to see a knockout. There was moments where there was some big shots that were landed and on both sides. And, yeah, and there was some, you know, some some times where we were like, "Oh shit, this might this might end right here." But in the end, bro, these guys battled it out. All three
0: rounds. Yeah, both of those guys had over 120 strikes landed. Gilbert had 141 and and Kazma had 124. Extremely
1: active, man. But in the end, I mean, uh, you can tell. You can tell who who was the the dominant force there. You know, he cut him, right? He with an elbow. He caught him with an elbow and cut him. Dominated Um, him on the ground. Dominated him on the ground. Got him to the ground. I mean, dude's a wrestler, bro. No, and, you know, again, an
0: elite wrestler. Super impressive victory. Super impressive run this guy's on. He's definitely looking like a real champion challenge to that belt he's probably going to get a fight with kobe uh, Mazvedal, maybe those guys are scared to fight him, but he's definitely gonna have to fight one of those guys, um, to give himself a legit shot at Usman, you know, because he's really looking at a If he made Gilbert Burns look that bad, and granted, that was his first big fight against a top level opponent, yeah. he needs to f- continue to fight guys like that. Uh, he's definitely riding that wave, bro. He's definitely riding that wave, and the, and the truth is real behind this dude, man. The truth is real wow. behind this dude. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, bro, a, a great UFC 273 card a great podcast another one is in the books an episode is in the books and um you know it's just good to be back doing what we do man Uh, back to the regularly scheduled program yes sir man we got a lot of good stuff coming up for you guys too we got marlin's home opener coming up we got the Miami hurricane spring game coming up uh uh, the heat are gonna be starting the playoffs playoffs, playoffs Playoffs, on sunday hockey playoffs basketball
1: playoffs playoffs, football spring training starting
0: plus a whole lot more so stay tuned and you know what you gotta do you gotta tell a friend tell a friend to tell another friend tell one or two or three more friends to tell them about this dope ass podcast and tell them what we got going on over here at Sports With Soul so make sure you're following us on YouTube subscribe like and comment until next time y'all peace